Welcome on in. This is the Smash Mouth Football Podcast. I am one of the hosts here, uh, Chris McGuire, and we got Gavin, Connor, P. Schmitty. Quick little moment of silence. We are ready a quarter of the way for the season. And we're back because we got more fucking football. Very excited to be here with you guys. What's up, guys? Not much, man. Uh, just hanging out. Can't wait for another episode. Yeah, I'm 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 so pumped. So pumped to be here with you guys. So <laughs> sound like you mean it, Chris. I really do. I really do. All right. Going for the scores just real quick. So Thursday night, we already went over this, but Thursday night football, the Broncos and Brett Ripian ripped the Jets a new one, 37-28. Giants and the Rams. The Giants, 0-4. Keep on losing. Rams only scored 17, but the Giants offense sucks major dick. 17-9. Jaguars and the Bengals. Joe Burrow gets his first win, fucking slings it on the table and says, I'm Joey B. Welcome to the league. 33-25. Browns. Browns beat the Cowboys 49-38, making Connor Jay off with his tears. So excited to hear it. Saints. The Saints and Drew Brees. Is Drew Brees Allegedly. done yet? Hmm? Drew Brees? Back? Hmm? 35-29. Uh, Seahawks beat the Dolphins 31-23. Tom Brady slings it on the table 38-31 behind Tom Brady and his five touchdown passes. The Ravens uh, beat the Washington football team 31-17 off Lamar Jackson, his 50-yard run, which is pretty cool if you ask me. Pretty fun run to watch. The Panthers with the upset of the week, probably, 31-21 against the Arizona Cardinals. Gavin was so excited, I could tell. Oh, man. The Vikings beat the Texans, the now 0-4 Texans, who will not have their first or second round pick next year. 31-23 Vikings-Texans. Colts, the Colts prove that maybe Nick Foles isn't that good. Offense only scoring 11 points. Colts beat the Bears 19-11. Josh Allen continues uh, making me look like a fucking idiot. Beating the Raiders 30 to 23 as he continues potentially his MVP campaign. The Eagles beat the 49ers 25 to 20, and the Camless Patriots fell to the Chiefs 26 to 10. And Aaron Rodgers continues just making everybody feel so dumb for saying that he was washed up 30 to 16. Aaron Rodgers, fucking beast. All right, guys. I told you it was going to happen. I told you this was going to be therapeutic to me. I'm just going to quickly go off. I will try not to take a lot of time. I have it written down. I have a lot of points written down just so that way I wouldn't take a long time. The Giants are 0-4. And there are a lot of Giant fans saying that the Giants shouldn't even think about drafting Trevor Lawrence even if they got the number one overall pick. That is the dumbest fucking thing I have ever fucking heard. Why do you say that, Chris? So, first of all, if the Giants get the number one pick, I know they have Daniel Jones, but if they get the number one pick, Daniel Jones couldn't even win enough games to not be the worst team in the NFL. Oh, but Chris, the scheme is bad. There's no offensive line. Their weapons aren't great. No, they're not. But the only thing that I see on the field sometimes is, not even sometimes, I see a guy who struggles outside of his first read. If his first read isn't there, he struggles. He has no pocket presence. He's on pace for 12 fumbles after fumbling 18 times last year. He doesn't know how to adjust post-snap after locking onto his first target. He, had five, he has five interceptions in four games, on pace for 20. All these are despite having an average depth of target of 6.6. So these aren't mistakes where he's throwing the ball downfield and being aggressive. He's literally taking the most conservative passes you can possibly make on a football field, and he's still throwing interceptions. Now, what do good quarterbacks do? They make plays despite their talent. Not saying you need to be winning games, because obviously the Giants don't have much talent, but... This is not a giant team capable of winning many games, but yet he's showing nothing. Carson Wentz, a quarterback devoid of any wide receiver talent. Last Thursday, the Eagles had one wide receiver practicing for them. 
One, Greg Ward. He has no offensive line. He has nothing. He beat the same San Francisco 49ers team that Daniel Jones and the Giants scored nine points against. And they're missing Nick Bosa, Richard Sherman, Solomon Thomas, D. Ford, etc. And the Giants scored nine points. Carson Wentz, arguably the worst quarterback in the NFL this year, scored 18. You know how? He used his legs, he made plays, and he threw the ball downfield accurately when he had to. Justin Herbert, this past week, despite having one of the league's worst offensive lines in football and missing Mike Williams, he went toe-to-toe with Tom Brady, and he threw three touchdown passes. How many of those were to Keenan Allen? Zero. How many of those were to Mike Williams? Zero. He was out. Hunter Henry? Zero. They were two. Three separate undrafted free agents. Donald Parham, Tyron Johnson, and Jalen Guyton. Two of those were playing their first career game. Daniel Jones isn't a can't-miss prospect. Trevor Lawrence is. He's the high, He's going to be the highest-touted prospect since Peyton Manning or Eli Manning. And Daniel Jones wasn't even supposed to be fucking drafted in the first round. Nonetheless, the top 10. Dave Gettleman, since taking over the Giants, is 9-27, worse than the NFL, and that includes the 0-16 Browns. So this is the horse you're going to tie your wagon to? A fucking Dave Gettleman pick? (laughs) What the fuck are we talking about here? If you have a shot at going for a guy who's been to two national title games, has won one, he's probably going to go to another one this year, and you're saying, no, we're not going to fucking take him because we have Daniel fucking Jones? And then you're going to tie your new GM when Dave Gettleman gets fired at the end of the year to a quarterback he didn't draft, Joe Judge didn't draft, and you know what? That Doing that is being no better than the fucking Jets. All right, that's my rant. I'm sorry. I just need to get that out quick. I didn't think I took too long. Hopefully I didn't, but that was just my quick rant. Moving on. Uh, does anybody have anything to say to that? I'm, I apologize. I actually thought it was pretty good. I thought you made some pretty good points, and you know you. It was convincing. Um, <clears throat> so I got a, I got a question. Just... Uh... I think we can both agree, Chris. I think we have a special connection as far as um, football goes because we've both experienced a Dave Gettleman, you know, led and managed team. Yes. Um, I think he is a bad GM from a process standpoint, right? I think we both can agree on that. And um, the whole hog molly, establish the run bullshit, prevent the run on defense, whatever stupid as a talent evaluator can you not at least give him some kind of credit that it seems like when he drafts a guy right that a lot of people don't give him a chance on like you look at some panthers drafts and some giants drafts he's hit on some of those players and people are like what the fuck are you doing like if nothing else dave gettleman is a very decent talent evaluator he I mean, he came from a background of scouting, so he's a font, he's a decent talent evaluator. But the issue is he prioritizes the wrong positions, right? And he has no he has no idea how to spend the money in terms of cap space, and he has no idea how to keep any sort of relationship with any of the players. Dismissing players like OBJ, talented players like OBJ, Damon Harrison. And not to mention fixing the fucking culture, even though Golden Tate, a guy that he, he signed after trading OBJ, he signed to a four-year, $32 million deal, and fixing the culture, he's got a fucking fist fight with Jalen Ramsey. <laughs> what the yeah. fuck are we doing here? There's no fixed culture. We had two guys arrested this offseason. Two! And one of them was uh, for fucking pointing... Uh, it was arms robbery. No, yeah. and it was our first round pick. Yeah, um, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not defending all that. I'm just, you know, I'm trying to give Dave Gettleman like a sliver. Somehow, he deserves nothing. He deserves <laughs> nothing. There is nothing he deserves. Everything that the Giants have had in the first Dave Gettleman, uh, when he was first with the Giants in scouting. To now, as Giants GM, he deserves nothing. Everything he's had has been handed to him. Cam Newton, uh, 
There's been nothing else. Nothing else has he been drafted like, James Bradbury. He dra- he drafted James Bradbury and he was okay in Carolina. Yes, he signed him and he's having an awesome year with the Giants. Awesome. The Giants are averaging like 11 points a game. Yeah. The Giants have three total touchdowns this year <laughs> in four games. I like to say fuck Evan Ingram, by the way. Just throwing that out there. I mean, it's not Evan Ingram's fault. They're, I know. Used, they're, they're literally just, they're saying, Evan, run a fucking curl, <laughs> and that's the only fucking route you're going to run, even though you ran a 4 4 2. All right. I, I'm just a mad I didn't want to go this long. This is your fault, Gavin. You didn't have to follow up with a fucking question. Does anybody have any fucking questions? I'll fucking answer them. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I just needed that rant out there. Just saying, if the Giants are bad enough to where they end up having the number one pick, the Giants would be. I would be fucking beyond beside myself if they didn't take Trevor Lawrence. Just saying. No, I don't think it's gonna happen. I don't. What think about Fields? What if they're in a position to take uh, Justin Fields? Would you if they, take if him over Jones? If Daniel Jones continues playing the way he is, I would absolutely love Justin Fields. But you know, we have twelve more games left. Maybe he improves. But uh, let's move on, shall we? Because this went a little yeah. bit longer than I wanted it to. I yeah. apologize for that. Uh, I thought I made good time before the question was there, but then once the question was asked it went a little bit longer so i apologize so first of all covid a little worried about it i'm now just starting to think that covid might be bad <laughs> wow that's a pretty hot I take chris i think that's brave of me to say yeah covid bad no i'm just joking it was always bad obviously please wear your mask uh but covid we have more we the same the uh guy i can't talk right now the Steelers and the Titans game got postponed already, like this last week. And this morning, more Titan players just tested positive for COVID. Because because the Titans are idiots. That's why. Can I just say that? Yeah, they were, I mean, they were seen practicing on a field. Like when they, they, they after their facility closed down. It was last Wednesday they were practicing yeah. on a high school field. It's I mean, no, literally no one. There were fifteen of them. There's. It's no wonder that they're still getting positive cases today. It's unbelievable. Is just just for our listeners, is there any shot that this came, that this season ends up getting postponed or canceled? I just I don't I don't think so. Like I feel like there's too much money on the line, right, for the NFL to say, all right, we're we're scrapping the season. I think worst case scenario, they'll just start adding games on to the end of the season. They'll they'll try to rework the schedule somehow. I just I don't see them fully canceling it. Maybe postponing it. I know that's what you said, but I I feel like canceling's off the table. Postponing it a few weeks, maybe, but even then, that gets really messy. Um, I forfeitures just because, like they they were talking about possibly having the Titans forfeit this week to the Bills, right? They had that on the table, and the the problem with that is is one, well, shouldn't the Titans have um, forfeited last week, right? And, yeah. and then that th- this way, like the Bills are getting a free win and they're in contention for the number one seed in the AFC. Right. So that's unfair to the Ravens, the Chiefs, the whoever else in the AFC that's that's in contention. And you're just gifting them a free win from the Titans like that's that that starts getting like you. You talk about asterisks, you know, on a season that would be I, I, just, I don't think that's a what that's a route you can go. So I think you either I just think yeah if, if teams start getting it a lot they'll, they'll start having to work some some funky scheduling but I, I I don't think they cancel the season I just don't understand how they didn't fit in more bye weeks what do you mean like they why put in extra bye weeks for this kind of uh event this is gonna happen as oh. you yeah well I mean I guess they could just like I was saying, like just extend the season and like tack games on at the end, which you know I don't. It would start getting weird, but yeah, it's it's a unfortunate thing, and obviously, hopefully, everybody who's had to deal with shit like this, like outside of football, who's actually had families affected, uh, I'm I'm very sorry for you guys, but uh, uh, to keep it just strictly to football, that like this this fucking this fucking sucks. If this, if this this ends up just 
tell you what I'm gonna fucking do if there is no football. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be fucking depressed. But uh, do you think that they should cancel the season? Um, it's one of those things where it's kind of like it's because ethically, probably to be honest. Oh yeah, hundred uh, percent ethically. But seeing, yeah, seeing as the whole country is like not going to get into politics or any of that kind of shit, but seeing as the whole country is open and you know the people White are going to do what they're going to do anyway. Yeah, well, it's it's thing is, one it's of like, those things that as of right now, as far as outbreaks go, right? Like it's it's the Titans. I know other individual players like there's Cam and Stefan, so like there's a possibility for maybe another outbreak in in New England, but as of right now, I believe it's just those two and then a practice squad player. Um the Titans are the only major outbreak, right? So you you get one outbreak on the Titans and then you look at all the other the other 30 teams outside of New England and and um Tennessee and you say you guys are following protocol and you have no positive cases and yada yada we're gonna punish you right and take away your season well, didn't Maurice Hurst the Raiders defensive tackle also test positive right but I'm saying like like and also AJ Terrell on, on the Falcons like there's individual yeah. things but like I'm talking about as far as like outbreaks due to negligence by teams that Raiders are lucky that they haven't had one either after their charity event where not a single one of them was wearing a mask at a huge event indoors. Right. They will. And, and for stuff like that, like they need to be heavily fined for that because if this isn't a wake up call, I mean, I don't know what is like, if, if you see what's happening now and doesn't scare the shit out of you as an owner or a team or a player, like, I, I don't know what's wrong with you. Like we are in, this is a critical point. Like if, if another team has an outbreak, then we're going to start hearing whispers of, all right, well, what's what's happening? Like, I mean, coaches have already proposed that we take like two weeks off, and um, what was that? I can't remember. I can't remember exact. Oh, I think it was Hotel. take two weeks off and go into a bubble. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because you, yeah, you you take two weeks off, you flush out everything because that's like the incubation period and the the quarantine period, and then you basically restart, and then you set up a bubble. I mean, that would be the ideal thing to do just just a hard restart on the league because we were doing fine for a long time and then you know this yeah honestly i thought it was going too well i was starting to think that the nfl was faking these results i was like this is such a high contact sport and the fact that nobody's getting anything this seems really really fishy and then like it and then this happening kind of like it's kind of like one of those things where it's like oh chris you were wrong they weren't doing anything but oh you know what, Chris? They could potentially cancel football. So, yeah. yeah, one of those sad things. But I don't think it will. I think the season's going to keep going. I think, I mean, the MLB season is still going. They're it's in the playoffs right, right now. Find a way to. Yeah, so I, I think it's going to keep going. Uh, I mean, the NFL is making too much money. They're. I don't think they're going to cancel anything. All right, moving on. Bill O'Brien was fired. Yeah, that I, seemingly came out of fucking nowhere. Did it? They're zero four. Well, yeah, but I don't think anyone, yes, they're 0-4, and yes, Bill O'Brien deserved to be fired, but I don't think anyone saw it coming. Like, Dave Gettleman deserves to be fired right now, but I don't think if we got fired tomorrow, people would be like, what the fuck? You know, that'd be wild. But I I've, I brought this up. Um, like, if you're a Texans fan, what right now in your franchise are you excited for? Deshaun Watson, right? That's it. Because you don't have a first and second round pick next year. You are you have the most amount of money being paid out this season by any NFL team. And you're 0-4. Where is that money going? What, what, where, like, why are, how is the money being spent translating to wins? Well, it's not. Now, they, they had the, the excuse the first three weeks. They played the Chiefs, the Ravens, and the Steelers. That's a brutal schedule. But then you lose to the fucking Vikings. Like, that, that's like, all right are just dog shit like maybe they're just bad and they are you can't point to a single unit on this team even Deshaun Watson your your franchise player is is not playing well and every other unit on that team is just bad so I don't know see I I'm like kind of like what sucks is Bill O'Brien had such a good start to his career when he was just the head coach but like he had quarterbacks like like Ryan Mallett and he was still going to the playoffs. And Brandon Whedon, right? Brandon Whedon. Brock Osweiler. <laughs> Brock Osweiler. And somehow the, he had his team still going to the playoffs every year. 
And granted, I think sometimes saying that a team makes the playoffs, like, for instance, Ron Rivera, and we'll get to him very soon. Ron Rivera going to the playoffs like three times as a Panthers coach, that doesn't necessarily mean that he's a good coach. Going to playoffs does not make you a good coach. Bill Bryan, though, consistently doing it without a quarterback, like, this might be like a hot take. I think just strictly as a coach, I'm not saying he's good, but he, because of how bad Bill O'Brien was as a general manager, it kind of really overshadows how he was honestly a pretty okay coach. Yeah, I just think, I think you're right. The GM honestly, thing was he's a, kind of a shitty guy. He up. Oh, and that's weird because there's some there's like conflicting things, right? Like there, there was the whole D hop thing where he was a like half like questionably racist about it. And like he kicked your your best player to the curb because well, you compare him to Aaron Hernandez and then talk about his baby mamas as if that's any kind of relevant to anything. But also like you there are a lot of players in the organization that have stuck up for Bill O'Brien, like even J.J. Watt today, who. It came out that he got in a spat with Bill O'Brien on the field during practice. And that kind of what that's kind of what led to Bill O'Brien leaving. Like even JJ Watt was like, look, if I can say anything about Bill O'Brien is he stuck up for his players. Like he was a good guy. Like I, I'd have no, no ill will against Bill O'Brien. I don't know how much of that is just diplomacy and how much of that is just, you know, JJ Watt not trying to look like an ass, but yeah, it's, it's strange. Like I've never heard more conflicting things about Bill O'Brien. Like, well, he's a great coach, a great guy. And then also he's like a, a piece of shit. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know which is true. It's probably somewhere in the middle, but yeah, I, I would agree. He's definitely a guy who like, uh, he, he definitely used his voice a lot. He was, he definitely yelled a lot, but I mean, does yelling mean you're a bad guy? Not necessarily, but I don't know if you, if you kind of compare your star wide out to a murderer and, yeah. uh, and uh, say he needs to stop bringing his baby mamas around. Connor, if I if I said to you, <laughs> if I said to you, you need to stop stop bringing your uh, baby mamas around the podcast. First of all, you'd probably say I'd quit the baby? podcast. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. If you, I mean, if you had baby mamas, but also I'd like move what to a, Arizona, Chris, you'd go to Arizona. What a what an asshole! What a yeah. fucking asshole! But going forward though, the Texans like are they? Is this actually like a linear move to where I feel like this is kind of I think this is kind of like a linear move. I don't think they're really going to go anywhere the rest of the year. I think they are just like last year. They weren't really that good of a team either. Like they gave up more points scored than the off. Like their their defense gave up more points than their offense scored. Yeah, I their defense was bad last year. I mean, but they, they had Deshaun Watson and D-Hop playing well. And yeah, and so but now the has gone and their offense is like a train wreck and their defense is still terrible. And JJ Watts not playing like JJ Watt and you know, whatever, like everything about that team is just terrible. Yeah. I you know. I, I, I'm so disappointed in the Texans, not because I thought they were really going to go that far. I had them just making the playoffs, but the fact that they're and four right now and they lost to the fucking Vikings, I don't know what to fucking think. So, Today, big news happened, and it kind of, it, it kind of, this news is kind of what spurred my uh, Giants rant because there are a lot of people, uh, not going to name names, saying, uh, oh, I know Daniel Jones is a better quarterback than Dwayne Haskins, as if that's, that means anything. Uh, is celebrating a fucking moral victory over Dwayne Haskins getting benched and being like, oh, we haven't benched our fucking quarterback. Fuck you guys. It's like, a giant, giant fans, like, really? Come on, we're, be better. Be fucking better. Moving on. Not going to get into it. Dwayne Haskins was benched today by Ron Rivera. They're benching him for Kyle Allen. Uh, instead of Alex Smith, which I I think that's the most questionable move. You have a pro bowler on your bench and you're deciding to not play him. You're playing Kyle Allen. Um, I will let Connor and P. Schmitty go because I know Gavin's going to have a lot of thoughts on this. Uh, so what the fuck is Ron Rivera thinking? P. Schmitty. Well, to your point a second ago, you said, why isn't Alex Smith starting? And I think you may have tweeted it, but I think that kind of puts some question to how healthy is he really? And do they really see him going out on a football field and playing like he played a couple years ago and still being decent? I would say no. Although they did put Has- – Saskins will not be active this week. He's their number three QB on the yeah. roster now. That's kind of shocking. It's one thing to you know come out and say, hey, like you've been playing like crap. We're going to put Kyle Allen this week and see how the team does. You're going to be his backup, blah, blah, blah. No, 
they straight up said, "Hey, you've been playing like shit. You're gonna see the bench for the next couple of weeks. This is like this is just awful. We expected more of you." And we're gonna we're gonna put gimpy ass Alex Smith out there. F- fucking. Before we put you out there. Like no, like no. Yeah, I, ridiculous. Yeah, Go on, it, sorry. No, you're good. You're. I completely agree. It's just, and I just the worst is which I'll leave most of this for Gavin is. Just what is he seeing, Kyle Allen, that he really believes that they have that much better of a chance to win this any game versus Dwayne Haskins? But Connor, go ahead. Yeah, Connor, I know you. I know you've been a big fan of Alex Smith throughout his career. I think you you've been one of the people who's really said that Alex Smith has been very underrated, and I I actually agree. Uh, but I I've come around as you've always been on the Alex Smith train for the most part. Uh, what what the hell? Why is Alex Smith playing? I think what Pishmini said is spot on. I think there's no way if Alex Smith was 100% ready to go that they'd be starting Kyle Allen over him. Uh, I'll I let think, Gavin talk shot. about Kyle Allen. Um, I'm not going to get into Kyle Allen. I don't really feel like talking about Kyle Allen. But I, do you, did you guys think this was a strange time to bench Haskins? I think this is his first career game with over 300 passing yards. I might be wrong about that. I think he may have had one last year against Dallas. But... Definitely his season high was, in passing yards, and he had a pass rating of ninety point four against definitely a his best relatively game. good defense. And why would they bench him after that game? I felt so, I that was very strange. I'm gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna answer that question. And I'll go to Gavin about Kyle Allen. So it I, this move makes no sense to me because this move tells me when you're benching Dwayne Haskins, you're telling me we want to win, we want a chance to win. And Ron Rivera even said, uh we're having problems teaching one guy when there's 54 uh, other guys in the locker room who are trying to play to win. And I guess Dwayne Hassan just wasn't getting a hold of the playbook. So that immediately makes me think, oh, all right, they're putting the veteran in. They're putting Alex Smith in. They're going to try and win this dreadful NFC East. And then they put Kyle Allen in. So it's kind of, I think it's really unfair to Dwayne Haskins to where it's like you put a first-round pick in him. He's had three separate offenses so far throughout his career in just two short years. And not, we're not even necessarily in two years. We're like more like a year and a fourth. And you're benching him after a game against the Baltimore Ravens in which he was never going to win in the first place. And he actually had his best game so far. I don't know. It was it, it just oh, really weird. Gavin, go on. <clears throat> okay, so I had a mini Kyle Allen rant. I don't know if you guys remember uh, in an earlier episode. Um, I, I think it was last like uh, last episode. I think we said don't be don't be surprised if you see Alex Smith in this game against Baltimore. And then I said uh, or Kyle Allen because Ron Rivera <laughs> apparently loves Kyle Allen, and we were right. So this okay, right about loving seeing them go on. Right, right, right. So. As someone that watched Kyle Allen attempt to play quarterback, this, okay, it makes me question every single thing going on in that organization again. Like, Ron Rivera was brought in to change the culture, right? And if Ron Rivera is nothing else, he's an absolutely great, awesome human being. He He's, he's For a, sure. an absolutely amazing man. And if you want to, if your focus is to change the culture of a locker room, there's really probably no better person to do it than Ron Rivera. Now, I don't really necessarily agree with that from a process standpoint, but maybe if you're Washington, that's just what you need to do. Now, this move, like this makes you think, or you have to assume that Ron Rivera and that organization believe that with their current roster, they have some kind of chance at doing something this year, right? Like, or else it would make no sense to take away the only quarterback on your roster with any kind of potential, any kind of ceiling, any kind of anything. Like, no matter how Dwayne Haskins has played so far, his ceiling is so much higher than Kyle Allen. We've seen what Kyle Allen can do. We've seen him, an uninterrupted play. Like, he got benched for Will fucking Greer, who somehow played even fucking worse than Kyle Allen. Right. Okay. To put this in perspective, right. Pro football focus, the way that they do, like, you know, instead of doing touchdown interception ratio, they have two things that are called 
big time throws, right? Which are long, long tight throws. window throws. Hot, yeah, tight window throws, far, far downfield, like just amazing, like you know, timing routes, stuff like that. And then they have what's called turnover worthy plays, right? So some sometimes you a quarterback throws a ball to a defender and they drop the ball and it's not counted like anything on the stat sheet, but it should have been an interception, right? So that's called a turnover worthy play. Last year, Jameis Winston, right, had 40 turnover worthy plays. 30 of those were interceptions, right? And he everyone clowns Jameis Winston for being this turnover machine. He's bad, blah, blah, blah. In one, over over 150 fewer snaps last year, Kyle Allen threw 34 turnover-worthy plays in over 150 fewer snaps than Jameis Winston. Not only, and, and that's not like, okay, Jameis Winston has some kind of excuses. He was in a Bruce Arians offense. He was aggressive, had over 10 yards per attempt per throw. Kyle Allen didn't do that shit playing aggressively. This man was just it's bad. He was just terrible. He doesn't know how to lead an offense. Any kind of Kyle Allen-led offense that you've ever seen outside of one, maybe two weeks is just been bad. I don't understand. Like, familiarity with the system, I believe, is the excuse that they're running right now. Like, Ron Rivera thinks that he, because Scott Turner also came over with, with Ron Rivera from yeah. Carolina to run the offense, right? So, Kyle Allen's seen it before. But just because you've seen a system doesn't mean that you are going to be any kind of better than Dwayne Haskins. Like you, he saw the system and he played it, but he was fucking terrible at it. So just because you played poorly in a system doesn't mean that you're going to give any kind of, I don't know. I just don't understand. Like you, Dwayne Haskins, like you have to be completely sold on the idea that Dwayne Haskins is not the future for this organization or else this makes no sense. No sense. Yeah, It's like you're, like if if you're trying to win, you play Alex Smith, in my opinion. If you're like if you're if you're genuinely trying to say we're gonna win, you play Alex Smith. If you're saying we want to develop a quarterback, you play your first round quarterback. And then if you end up being really bad, maybe you're in the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes, Justin Fields sweeps sweepstakes, but you're just playing Kyle Allen. Ooh. Right. And like you said, like this week doesn't make any sense to bench Dwayne Haskins, right? This almost is like, to me, was a preconceived thing. Like they went into this game thinking, okay, th like it was a prior they had, like the, we're going to bench Dwayne Haskins if he doesn't do whatever. But then he goes out there and throws for over 300 yards, has his best game of the season. And then you bench him. Now, if you benched him after the Cleveland game, I get that he was terrible, right? But this game, what what did you see on the field that made you think, okay, now we're benching Haskins? Like what 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 is going through your head? I thought he was gonna throw multiple interceptions. I think well, yeah, and, and because because the Baltimore defense has made better quarterbacks look worse. And that's yeah. what doesn't make any sense. I I agree. And honestly, I I personally I was really, really I was giving Ron Rivera so much credit the first episode we had, uh where the week one review, because he was he played the Eagles really tough, who we thought the Eagles were much better than they actually are right. uh, at the time. And he was playing to win. He went for it on fourth down. Just try, He was saying, you got to believe in your team. And then four weeks in, he was like, nope, don't believe in my quarterback. Bye-bye. All right, moving on. So the NFC least, horrible. It's horrible. The Eagles are in first place at one, two, and one. That is the most disgusting record for a team that's in first place for four weeks. Probably it's it's up there. I don't want to say ever because I, I don't want to. I haven't fact checked that, but it's fucking up there. And the Cowboys had every shot. They're quite clearly the best team in the NFC East, and they literally just. Their defense can't do anything right. They gave up over 300 yards rushing. What the fuck, Connor? They made the running game matter this week. They were so bad. So, Con. <laughs> do I have to talk about this? You, you have to. Are the Cowboys... The question, we, the question we have here, and Peachman, asked it perfectly. Are the Cowboys that bad... Or the Browns that good? <laughs> Did the Cowboys beat themselves? Uh, yeah, the Cowboys beat themselves. I can't believe you found a way to turn that against me. <laughs> wow, that stings. 
Um, no, uh, the Cowboys did not beat themselves this game. They have the worst defense in the NFL. They have the worst secondary I've ever seen with my own two eyes. That includes high school football games I've watched. That includes when I was watching my brother play peewee football. I think he was one of the cornerbacks, and he wasn't very good. But this team is worse. Uh, their defense is banged up. Maybe they'll get better once they get Leighton Van Der Esch and Shadobi Awuzie back. But honestly, I mean, I think they need to fire Mike Nolan. I don't know why he has a job. I wouldn't have. I would not have even let him get onto the to plane to go back wait, to the wait, next game. He's awful. He he he's been terrible his entire career. He couldn't even get a job as a defensive coordinator for like what a decade since he got fired from the San Francisco. He's terrible. His system is terrible. It is very. It does seem very complicated. It seems like a very complicated system. For a complicated, complicated system for a very a bad personnel defense. If you have a complicated system, you need good players to run that complicated system. Also, complicated, complicated doesn't automatically mean good. <laughs> or you need players who know what the hell they're doing, and clearly the Dallas Cowboys defense does not know what they're doing. They have a bunch. I think they have a bunch of rookies, young players, guys who don't know what they're doing. Their best defensive player this year has been Alden Smith. He just got into the. He, I mean, they picked him up in the offseason, so he hasn't had a lot of time to familiarize himself. And then their second best player has been Trayvon Diggs, and he's a rookie. Uh, oh, these he's bad. Oh, he's really. Terrible. If you've been watching the games, he's been getting very unlucky. He's been having tough matchups, but he, his he's coverage been has been by far the best of any of the Cowboys corners. But that, that's not saying anything. He no. shows promise. I have watched these no, games. He's had a lot of sure. he's had a lot of plays where he the, the ball has been 50-50 and it's been a very incredible catch by the receiver. He's been unfortunate. Again, the Cowboys, I'm just gonna give you a list of some of the receivers and the targets that the Cowboys have had to face the first four weeks. So week one, they gotta play freaking Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, and Tyler Higby. That's tough for anybody. Week two, they gotta play Russell Wilson, who has DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. Great receivers. Week uh, no, week two is Atlanta. Week two they had to play Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones and Hayden Hurst. All good players. Week four they have to play Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham Jr. It has been an unusually tough start to the season, especially for Trayvon Diggs, Diggs who's been asked to be a number one cornerback going against Pro Bowl caliber wide receivers and receiving targets. So I'm going to take a little bit of pressure off of Trayvon Diggs. I still think he's going to be good. He's a rookie. They had a truncated offseason. I think he is their second-best defensive player. But to answer the question posed at the beginning of this rant, the Cowboys are that bad. Dak Prescott is a really good quarterback. They have really good receivers. But I think Mike McCarthy and Mike Nolan both need to be fired. They're awful. They are not worth a cent. They're terrible at coaching. They're terrible at their jobs. I don't know why we went with Mike McCarthy. I don't know why we didn't try to get an Eric Bieniemy or somebody along those lines, or Lincoln, Lincoln Riley. I don't know how we ended up with Mike McCarthy. He said that he studied analytics, and he has had his team just in awful situations the entire year. You were telling me, oh, Mike McCarthy looks like he's studying up on analytics. No, no, Maybe no, no, he'll no, be no. good I this year. No, no, no. I said that I wouldn't be down him. And honestly, I betrayed. right now Right now, I think it's a little too he's early. He's worse than Jason good. Garrett. I'd rather have Jason. I'd rather have the clapper he's back. Not. Give me the clapper. No, he's not. Give, me, give me the clap. Give Mike me the clap. That's what I want. You want a Super Bowl for what that's worth. You want a Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers. Jason Garrett won one Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers. Jason Garrett had Byron Jones last year. You know, you know what? You, here's the thing that Cowboy fans should probably realize. This isn't Mike McCarthy's fault. Should Mike McCarthy... Oh, it is. No, 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 it's not. All the Mike turnovers, McCarthy. the penalties, the sloppy play, the bad special teams play, that Mike never McCarthy. happened under the clapper. You can criticize him for a lot, but he always had his t- teams prepared to go when the whistle blew. And Mike no, McCarthy... Not. Prepared yes, to underperform. Did. No, he did not. No, <laughs> to perform. he did underperform. He was a terrible coach. He should have been fired. But I think Mike McCarthy's been worse through four weeks. Okay, Mike McCarthy inherited a defense that had the best receiving core in the NFL, a Pro Bowl caliber quarterback, a Pro Bowl caliber running back. But Connor, the offense is doing just fine. It's 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 struggling. It's very inconsistent. They had zero points in the second and third quarter this week against the Browns. They had three points the second half against the Rams. I think they had maybe eight. 13 points, something like that, against the Falcons in the first half. They are good for spurts of times. They have not played a complete football game on either side of the ball the entire year. And, and that's because of Mike McCarthy. 
and the special teams have been awful. It's It's not like McCarthy. You got to think McCarthy. And he hired Mike Nolan, which that's his fault. No, but okay, but it all starts at the top. One, Jerry Jones. It's all Jerry Jones's fault. I agree. Ask the question: Was Mike McCarthy the right hire? The answer is no. I personally don't think so. I didn't think so at the time, but I was I was more optimism optimistic than you were, and I'm still more optimistic than you are you are right now because I honestly don't think it's necessarily his fault because the defense is horrendous. Two, Jerry Jones literally prioritized re-signing Ezekiel Elliott over Byron Jones and Dak Prescott. Those are all terrible. I understand. And they also paid a bunch of money to Marcus Lawrence, and I don't think he's had a sack in the past year and a half. And Jalen Smith. And Jalen Smith. Jalen Smith, he's an okay linebacker, and he's a really good guy, but he did not deserve that much money. It, it's just you're really – they bad. are prioritizing – I love Jalen Smith. Position. He's a great story. He's a great story. But it's just it's just putting all this blame on Mike McCarthy, even though – yeah, yeah, Mike McCarthy. Uh, I said Brian Should McCarthy, they have been down 41-14 to 14 I, against the Browns at halftime? Yeah. Answer no, me that question. I, it, it's with, even of, with the rushes, even with the bad signings and the bad defense, should they have been down by four scores against the Cleveland Browns heading into halftime at home? But that's Did that ever happen under think, Jason Garrett? Did that ever happen under any of the previous head coaches in modern Cowboys history? The answer is no, and this is not the worst team they've ever had. I Defensively, I think it is. But defensively, I think it is, but overall, it's not. I also think that the Browns are just pretty fucking good. I think the Browns are good, too. I love Kevin Stefanski. Baker Mayfield, I mean, I don't think he's great, but he's a system quarterback. He hasn't made, he hasn't made a lot of turnovers this year. He hasn't made a lot of mistakes, and that's helped him. Obviously, Odell Beckham Jr. is amazing, and they need to get him more involved in the running game, and they need to get him the ball more, even though he had an amazing week this week. I'm sorry. I played Peach Mitty in fantasy this week, and he took the brunt of that Odell Beckham Jr. beating, and I'm sure that wasn't fun, but they have some really good weapons, they have a really good pass rush. Their secondary is a little bit suspect. I think it's Anderson. Uh, I don't know his last name. I'm not going to lie, but he was Sendejo. getting picked. Sendejo, yeah, he was getting Sendejo picked apart by Dallas. Yeah, he's been getting picked apart by Dallas. He's so bad. Yeah, so maybe if they they need to sign if they sign Earl, Earl Thomas, they might be a they might be a threat for some kind of deep they, postseason run. They the they feel like an Earl Thomas away. Why, the Cowboys why are not an Earl Thomas away. Sign? They need more. Yeah, like they Cowboys should have been on Earl Thomas. He yes, wanted to go should. there fucking two seasons ago. They should. They should sign Earl Thomas. But even if they sign Earl Thomas, their defense is still going to be garbage. Yeah, if the keep... Browns sign Earl Thomas, they actually might have a good defense. I will say, though, to get get away from the Cowboys, because, I I mean, the thing is, I think the Cowboys are still going to win the division. The division is just so I bad. Do too. I think they're going to be 8-8, eight 9-7. Eight, they could even be 7-9. and nine. I think they're going to win the division. Yeah. But... When it comes to the Browns, I think the Browns are legitimately just a good team. I think Kevin Stefanski, the way that he's avoided third downs, the way that he has just made his offense as efficient as possible to where Baker doesn't feel the need. Because I mean, I'm not going to say Baker's been like bad or anything. He hasn't. He hasn't had. He hasn't really done much. He hasn't been great or anything. Week one, he was terrible. He was horrible, but he was playing Baltimore. But, yeah, but Dwayne Haskins <laughs> looked better than Baker Mayfield. Did. He did. He did. But it's just Baker. I thought this was going to be a game. I said on this podcast last episode, I said, I think this is going to be a game where Baker is going to be forced to try and keep up with Dak Prescott. But in actuality, Dak Prescott was trying to keep up with Jarvis Landry. <laughs> Dak Prescott is going to throw for fucking 8,000 yards this year and win four games. Like, it's, it's incredible. Wild. I think, Browns, I think seven thousand yards, and they're I one think and our three. Browns. I think our Browns pick of making the playoffs. Con, you and I. Uh, I can't remember. Peachman, did you pick the Browns to make the playoffs? No, no. Peachman hates the Browns. He's I, I so upset about this. Talk broken up about it. I think they're a really good team. I really. I do. agree. I think they're a good think, team. But the Cowboys should never have been down forty-one fourteen. They're no, not that I, much better than the Cowboys. I. Yeah, that's that's probably fair. Four right, scores. Uh, so to stay on the NFC East, uh, Gavin put this topic. We have a, a topic sheet that we each get to talk about, like put different topics in uh, a little behind the pod. Uh, he put this question, who wins the NFC East? We kind of answered that. Con and I said the Cowboys. Uh, if you guys have any other, if you guys think the Giants will, fucking <laughs> come at me. Chris, and that's tell, me, tell me why they will. Um, but 
The other question is, did the Eagles prove something Sunday night? And I want to hear, Gavin, what are you trying to get at, you sneaky bitch? Well, I feel like, <laughs> all right, the, the, the Eagles, their success going forward is totally reliant. Well, okay, on a couple things. Mainly, though, Carson Wentz turning around whatever kind of weird funk he's in, right? If that's what it is, right? There's no way that he went from MVP candidate to worst quarterback in the league. Like, I don't really think that happens. And if you can think of a time that's ever happened, like with outside of injury, let me know. But like, this is like, yes, he's surrounded by tatters of an O-line and tatters of a receiving core, blah, blah, blah. But he's still, if it was just like him making accurate throws and the receivers dropping it or him being under pressure every play, like, and that's why he was playing poorly, that would be one thing. But he's like on the plays where he's sitting in a clean pocket and a guy's open, like he's making the right read and throwing the ball and the ball's just not going where it's supposed to go. And so I don't know if there's some kind of like the only thing I can think of is one, it's like a mental thing. He's in some kind of weird like mental block where he just can't like, I don't know, he can't perform. I, I, I don't know. Or um, he has some kind of weird injury that he's not disclosing or something. I don't know. I, I really have no idea. Um. And so, like, I feel like Eagles fans, maybe, I don't know, like my friend Adam, he he was like, you know, maybe hopeful because of this game. But like, here's the thing. This 49ers team, I feel like got overhyped in, in terms of like by this 49ers team, I mean the 49ers team without Jimmy G, without Nick Bosa, without Richard Sherman, without name any player on the field. And that that's, you know, whatever they didn't have. And they embarrassed the Jets, embarrassed the Giants, but yeah, I mean, and even I, okay, I and even I on the last episode, like I said, give me every single dollar I have and I'm going to put it on the Niners, right? And because I thought the Niners were going to win, I thought they were going to replicate what they did against the Giants to the Eagles. Now that wasn't true, but also we got an entirely different quarterback out of Nick Mullins this last you know, on Sunday yeah. than we did for uh, playing the Giants, right? Like the, the Giants game, Nick Mullins looked good. Like he looked like he could play in Kyle Shanahan's system. This week, boy, that pick six, man, was fucking just, how? How are you an NFL quarterback and you make that kind of throw? I, I don't know. Like you get benched for CJ Beathard, like what are you doing? And... But- to your point about the Eagles, though, like, did they show anything to where, like, you well, think they Carson Wentz didn't look like a like a toddler out there? Like, he he looked better than he did before. They previously I mean, not saying this much, was, but this was my point to like the Daniel Jones ran beginning of this episode. Carson Wentz didn't necessarily look good, but he made plays. Right when and, it came down to it, he made plays, which is what Daniel Jones hasn't done. And it's like kind of those things where it's kind of one of those things where it's like, all right, Daniel Jones has had nothing to work with, but neither does Carson Wentz. But yet Carson Wentz, when his back is against the wall, his team sucks. He's going against the 49ers. He's making plays. He's using his legs more than he's ever had. He, his deep ball to, uh, I forgot his fucking name, undrafted wide receiver, because all of his receivers were undrafted wide receivers. Right. Uh, down the left-hand sideline incredible incredible throw so you see that Carson Wentz still has this talent it's just really putting it back together and kind of making it happen with this complete shit show of a lineup I see this as more of like the Eagles staying afloat right because they they're now in the lead in the NFC East by half a win and if they were to have gone out on Sunday night and gotten embarrassed by that Niners team that I mean really what what hope do you have after that like the fact that they won by five right their offense only put up 18 um, against that Niners defense, right? I know it's a Kyle Shanahan led team, but man, you're you're missing everybody. Like your best pass rusher, your best corner, you, you're missing just everything. And I don't know. It, it's it's better than what we've seen from the Eagles, but I feel like this is more of a if you win, you at least are still in the race. But if you lose, man, you got to call it. And so yeah, I, by I I guess they did prove that they're not completely 100% lost, but I wouldn't be like sitting there saying, oh, well, the Eagles are back because of this game. Yeah, I, I would be shocked. Uh, Pishmini, do you think the Eagles, like, is it, do you think, like last year, we all thought that the Cowboys were in the division, just like this year. Are you 
getting that feeling to where the Eagles can shock us and just go on a little bit of a run and just overtake the Cowboys? I think it depends on two things. I think it depends on, one, if the Cowboys continue to be this bad. I think they have a, a ch- some chance. I don't know what the Eagles' schedule is look like for the whole season, but I, I think it's hard to say that you can count them out of it, especially in that division. Um, I also they play the Steelers this week, and do not be surprised if this is the week where everyone starts hearing like, "Wow, Carson Wentz really might be back. Like he's out of his funk." Blah blah blah. Like somehow the Steelers are so good at playing down to their opponents to where he had a, a shot to really light them up, and I'm really worried about that because I don't want to be that team to where it's like, wow, Carson Wentz made a statement against the great Pittsburgh Steelers, and now he's back, and they're going to win the NFC East because that's what I feel like is coming after this Sunday. That's I'm really worried about it. Yeah, I I don't think you have to worry about that, but if that happens, uh, yeah, this next, I guess the next be so fun for you. He does <laughs> he be getting... Almost all of his receivers back. Alshon actually might be back this week. Djax is yeah. on track to play, and so is Arcega Whiteside. That that would be huge. Even though Alshon, Alshon Jeffrey might not be like that great or anything, but that's kind of huge considering he has nothing. So, Khan, you've picked the Cowboys every week this season so far. Thanks every for reminding me. They are zero and four against the spread, and honestly, they should be zero and four in the season if it wasn't for the Falcons fucking up an onside kick. As a Cowboys fan, are you scared at all that they might not win a division? I don't like how I got a different question than everybody else. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I'm scared. I mean, they've been bad so far. The next four games, they play the Giants, Cardinals, Washington, and Philadelphia. If they don't win at least three of those four games, I'm even if the Cowboys miraculously crawl into the playoffs at 8-8 eight eight or 7-9, and nine, I don't even think I want to watch the rest of the season because... I mean, they've been horrible. I think that the Eagles, I think they had five sacks against the 49ers, something like that. Their pass rush looked pretty good. I know that I think the Niners offensive line is a little beaten up, but it is. The they, they're not they're not very good. Yeah, they're not a great offensive line at this point. But the Eagles pass rush looked really good, which is concerning to me. I mean, I don't know if you've been paying attention to the Cowboys news over the past couple of days with the Lyle Collins and a couple of their backup offensive linemen, but the Cowboys offensive line is a bunch of nobodies and Tyron Smith at this point. So I'm beginning to think that the Eagles could probably run roughshod over the Cowboys, which is concerning. They might pose a, a difficult matchup for them. So I am very concerned that the Eagles could win. That being said, the Cowboys and the Eagles, they don't deserve to be in a position where they have hope for the playoffs. If they're in any other division, we but would they probably are. be done. They are. Um yeah, I think that Philadelphia, I don't think Philadelphia has a more talented team. I think you would agree with that. The Cowboys are the most talented roster in the NFC East. But I think I think Doug Peterson's a better coach than Mike McCarthy. I think that the Cow, the Eagles' defense is obviously a lot better. The pass rush is actually pretty good. And, you know, if Carson Wentz is even, you know, I think the Eagles will have a good shot of winning the division or at least battling Dallas for it late in the season. So... You brought up the Cardinals, and uh, we'll go through this pretty quick. We got we got a preview uh, tomorrow night's game. Uh, the Cardinals, like, they started off hot. They beat the 49ers, a healthy 49ers team at the time, and everybody was freaking out about Kyler Murray and freaking out about DeAndre Hopkins. And admittedly, we we were wrong about DeAndre Hopkins and Kyler Murray. That connection is very very strong, but. I think we were right. At least Gavin and I, I believe, were the two. Where we said that we were we're a little we're a year too early on Kyler Murray. Are we were was the general public a little too early on the Cardinals as a whole? Like, are they a team that will actually contend this year? I'll go to Pichmeni first. You're saying are they still are they still a team or are they now a team? Like are they are they a team that after losing to the Carolina Panthers and losing to the Detroit Lions, are they a team that will legitimately be contenders this year? It's it's definitely difficult. It's one thing, you know, you lose to two two good teams, Kyler plays okay, that's one thing. But when you lose to the Lions who had a horrible defense and somehow he managed to throw three picks against them and you play the Panthers and they demolish you. 
I just it's really hard to see what uh, is there to be hopeful about. Even with the we were we we're talking last week on last episode, if Dehop doesn't play, like maybe that changes the game. He did play and he played great. They lost all the same. Um, yeah, if I'm a Cardinals fan, I'm definitely worried. As someone being a big Kyler Murray fan going into this year, I'm definitely worried. Um, you said it, you've mentioned earlier, they should definitely be, he should be running the ball a lot more often. He again only had six rushing attempts last week. And the week before, I think he had five. Like, that could definitely be a huge factor in their entire uh, game plan. Um, also, we were talking about before the podcast, his last two losses are very, very different. His, his loss against, who did they play this week? They just played the Panthers and Panthers, the yeah. Lions. So the Lions, he had the three picks and he had um, his completion percentage was not good. He was really trying to throw the ball downfield and it was not working. It was almost the opposite against the Panthers and it still didn't work. He tried to play a little bit more conservative. He wasn't throwing the ball downfield. He was making the only balls that he did throw down the field, like you said, um, were incompletions and he was missing some. He was just missing some open guys, yeah. And other than those throws, all he did was keep it in close, throw a little little yards, and I think his, uh, I don't know, I'm worried. For, for as bad as that Panthers defense is, right, um, on paper at least, the fact that they held them to 21, right, and Car- okay, Kyler Murray, right, his stat line, he was 24 for 31, right, 77% completion percentage, three touchdowns. He threw for 133 yards. That's five and a half yards per attempt. That is, t- he, had, he had an average depth of target of under four. It was like three point something. That is god awful. And that's one thing if you're playing against Baltimore or a good defense. But w- what? Like, I-, I don't know, man. The fact that the Panthers held DeAndre Hopkins to 41 yards right? Is incredible. And Kenyon Drake didn't do anything either. The run game wasn't there. Kyler Murray wasn't, wasn't making throws. D hop wasn't making plays. Like that's not a shot on him. It's just Kyler Murray. Or I don't know if this is more of a Kyler Murray thing or Cliff Kingsbury or both, or he just got out coached. Like, but this was concerning. If you can't, this defense, this Panthers defense made Derek Carr look like a decent player. Right, like Kyler Murray, if you can't play well against this Panthers defense, I don't know if they, I think we we were right in being too early on on Kyler, and uh, I think it's I'm not saying the oh panic hit the panic button, but you know it's see you it's, be kind of, it's kind of tough because with Kenyon Drake and how like how much that run offense has struggled, uh, the offensive line is not good regardless, like run or uh, pass blocking. But they've kind of replaced that run game with this screen RPO type of uh, passing attack. So his his average depth of target is never going to be that high because they're replacing first down runs with short passes. But sub four? No, but no. But what I'm saying is, like, with that said, it just seems like the last few weeks, every time he's tried to get the ball somewhat downfield. I don't know if he's just doesn't have that connection he does with Hopkins with like Fitz or well Fitz can't go downfield regardless or Christian Kirk they need to play at Andy Isabella more that's for fuck sure but every time that he seemingly had somebody open this past Sunday like anywhere past ten yards he was just missing the guy so it's just I don't know like I I think a lot of this has to do with the offensive line being really bad and Cliff Kingsbury like I. People really dubbed him like an offensive genius. I'm not seeing it. I'm just seeing. I, I think it's really cool. He likes playing four wide outs instead of just the normal uh, three wide receivers, one tight end. You know, the normal eleven personnel. It's really cool that he likes using his receivers, but he's also just not very dynamic in the way he uses them. So I I think we're a year too early in Kyler Murray, and honestly. Cliff Kingsbury's kind of got to show why he was hired and why he was called this offensive genius coming into the NFL. 
All right, moving on to Thursday night game, Thursday night football. So going, uh, talking about our records uh, right before we get out of here. Uh, so this past week, uh, I went six, seven, and two. Uh, we had two different games just push. Uh, the Baltimore game, uh, they won by exactly fourteen, and Tampa Bay, they won by exactly seven. I went six, seven, and two. Uh, I'm now tw- uh, 25, 35, so uh, not great. Connor went nine, four, and two. Connor had a fucking awesome week. He is now over 500, 28, 27, and three. Gavin, you went six, seven, and two. You are now 29, 31, and three. And Peachman, you went three, ten, and two. Yikes! So not. Not the best week. He he was on such a hot streak, and it just so happens that he had his, had a tough week this past week. But moving on to week five, hopefully it's better for all of us except Connor. Uh, <laughs> Tampa Bay goes into Chicago as three and a half point favorites. I this defense of the Chicago Bears has actually really impressed me, but I just feel like they haven't played an offense yet. That's really all that good. They played the Giants. They played the Colts. I mean, they played the Falcons, but even the Falcons, like they've been underperforming offensively, except for yardage. They they're going to get a ton of yardage every game, but they just don't convert in the red zone. But also, this is a game where Chris Godwin's already ruled out. Mike Evans is, is a little banged up. Scotty Miller is banged up. Leonard Fournette is questionable. Leonard Fournette's questionable, <laughs> as, if, as if that makes a fucking difference, Gavin. <laughs> But I just don't see how you can watch this last game with Nick Foles struggling instead of Mitch Trubisky and just have any confidence going against a strong Tampa Bay defense. Because I, if there's anything that Tom Brady is going to do in this game, I think it's just he's going, he's not necessarily going to make the game-breaking mistake. He might throw an interception, but it's not going to be anything that's really going to keep the Bears well, in the game. I don't believe. Here's the thing, Chris. Is anything, is any game of Nick Foles, any game that he has, is that ever predictive of his performance the following week? Do you think? Like it's it's not. I think it's a coin flip every fucking week that he that he's gonna play well. And let's not forget the last time Nick Foles played Tom Brady. <laughs> so let's not fucking compare the Chicago Bears <laughs> of twenty twenty to the fucking Eagles of twenty eighteen. 2017. They do have the same quarterback. They do have the exact same quarterback. That's the only yeah. thing that's the same. But and the Giants have the same jerseys from their 2011 Super Bowl season. But the Giants are fucking 0 and 4. Connor, okay. Well, want to make want to have any more brain busting facts, Con? They still have Mara. That was the know. one. So you know. <laughs> so I'm I'm taking Tampa Bay. Gavin, are you are you actually going to take the fucking Bears? Are you are you thinking about it, or are you just teasing this? No, I think if you ever pick like the Bears to to I don't know, it's like it's a fucking again, it's a coin flip. You're just like, well, hey, maybe this week I'm going to take a flyer on Foles that he's going to have some god game. No, I'm going to I'm going to take the Bucks because even though Tom Brady keeps throwing pick sixes randomly, he's still through for five touchdowns. He's still playing well. It's just a symptom of that Bruce Arians offense. And I it's just weird. It just happens. It just happens. Yeah. Like he's thrown what four pick sixes in six games or six and four, something like that. He's thrown a lot. Um, but that's what we saw with Jameis. And I don't I just think that's that's to what happened. Two of those pick sixes were when he was on the on the Patriots. Sure. So okay, right. But still like it they happened. Uh, I know I, I know I was just saying I was just saying I don't it's want not people because to think of the system, that, yes. I know. I don't want I don't want people to think that he has four pick sixes already this year. He does have two, which is a lot in four games, but And they're both on out routes on him like staring down the receiver and the D B like seeing it yeah. coming the entire way. It's just like what Tom, yeah, what are you doing? Two really bad plays on his part in what overall is a very, very incredible year by Brady so far. Especially being forty fucking three. Yeah, and he's still fucking going. He's leading the league in deep passing yards, and everybody thought his arm was dead. But, yeah. you know, that's... Whatever. Uh, <laughs> Pete Schmitty, what do you think about this game? Do you think there's any shot the Bears actually upset the Bucks this week? You know, you talked about how horribly I did picking games last week, and I think I largely picked mostly underdogs. 
that will not be me again this week. <laughs> I refuse to replicate last week. Um, I think Brady gets his on Foles here from that Super Bowl. Uh, I think Brady lights it up. I I cannot take Nick Foles after that god awful. Yeah, I I I picked the Bears too. Yeah, it was, we were. I was excited about it. I thought it might be a good game. It was it was a hard game to watch, to be honest. Yeah, give me the Bucks. It was horrible. It was horrible. Con, what about you? I would love to be a lone wolf here, but uh, I mean, my record's so good. I feel like whatever I say comes true. So if oh, I man. decided to pick the Bears like right now, the Bears would win, and Nick Foles would throw for like five hundred yards. Yeah, but I'm not going to do that because I don't like the Bears, and I'm going to go with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I hate you. Uh, yeah. Uh, just a quick, uh, you know, let's 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 make this a new segment. The Lone Wolves of the Week. Our last week, our Lone Wolves were uh, P. Schmitty, the only person to pick Cleveland. They're the only only person to pick Cleveland. Cleveland won. Lone. That's one Lone Wolf. Cincinnati. Connor, the only person to pick Cincinnati. Everybody else picked the Jaguars. Uh, and he was also the only person to pick the Saints against Detroit. Uh, we all bit too hard on the whole Drew Brees is done thing. And Drew Brees made us look stupid. He actually looked the best he has all year. Uh, and Connor, another lone wolf. He, Connor's the lone wolf fucking king this week. He picked Philadelphia plus seven against the San Francisco 49ers. So, He's right when uh, Whatever he picks works. I, I honestly believe it at this point. Yeah, I maybe we got a little God. too much groupthink going on yeah. here. Maybe we just all need to make our picks, you know, in a vacuum and then isolated. We need to isolate. No, no, to make I, I'm I'm picking my picks just how I fucking pick, and that's why I got another. I got my lone wolf of the week, Carolina plus three against Arizona Cardinals, and I was very very happy about that. Uh, I felt I bet you fucking were. I, I was very, very happy about that. But those are our lone wolves of the week. Did every lone wolf work out for the lone wolf? What's up? Did every lone wolf from last week work out for the one person that picked it? No. No, oh. you picked the Jets. <laughs> That's oh, exactly. my. Wow. Don't, don't put, dude, don't put any fucking money on the Jets. Like how? Please stop picking the Jets, P. Schmitty. It hurts me. The last, right. last Joe week. fucking Flacco is playing this week. To go through it, our lone wolves that... Would have hit if they went. You with the Jets, me with the uh, Panthers, that hit. You with the Browns, that hit. Um, let's see. Oh, Connor also had another one I didn't even mention. Minnesota, Minnesota against the Texans. God, Damn. Connor, you had a fucking week. Uh, and Philadelphia against 49ers. And Peach Committee again, Atlanta against Green Bay, but that did not hit. So overall, our lone wolf's honestly pretty, pretty, pretty good, especially for Connor. Connor and himself a fucking week. But anyway, that's our show. You guys have anything to say before we head out? No. No. Okay. That <laughs> no. that was really fucking awkward. Now I feel like a, now I feel like a terrible fucking host. All right. <laughs> see you guys. Thanks for listening. <laughs>